Hello and welcome to Beheaded. This is Season 4, Episode 7. I'm Megan Moore. And I'm Elizabeth Black. And we survived the Renaissance Fair. We did for the fifth year, I believe, this year. Yeah. Right? We had one year, 2021, where it was closed because of the COVID. <laughs> oh, no. But that, yeah, I think this is our fifth year together. Oh, and we always have so much fun. It's just like our happy place. I love the Renaissance Festival. Yes. I love the food. The food. I love the drinking. I, I love like the people. The, the vendors. I like the costumes. We feel like we're at a point where these vendors should know us. And I'm a little offended that they don't say like, hi again, girls, you know? <laughs> like, I'd appreciate that, I think. Because we see them three to four times a year. Like, we know their faces. Do they see that many people that they don't know our faces in the it's same possible. costumes every year? And we have an mm. aged a day. The fact we do wear the same costumes. I'm pretty mm. sure the guy who runs the torture museum. Oh does recognize us has to i think he's who got us in trouble that year we were kicked out i'm pretty sure because <laughs> you know we we're standing outside of the torch museum handing out business cards pretty sure he's the one that indicted us indicted indicted that's a harsh word for Renfair. conspiracy theory i think it was the torture museum guy but he pretends if you're like, listening ah, to this we're on to you what's his name do we know i don't him? know i have a picture of him should i post it Ooh, should we find him? him he's nice though <laughs> no we're not gonna do that but yeah, he is nice. I think he's secretly the villain. One year, we got escorted out of the Renaissance Fair, mm -hmm. but they let us back in for solicitation. Not what? prostitution, let's be clear. It just sounds so terrible. I don't ever want to have that crime on my record. It's on the record. It's on the record. It's there. Whether it's we on like the Renny record. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's, it's it always good. Fun. We went with a friend. We went with Lisa. Hi, Lisa, Lisa. If you're listening, we had fun with you. I, it was the first time I met Lisa. Enjoyed her. Really loved her company. Uh, we were talking about this in a drunken state at the Ren Fair, but it was just so nice to be with a woman who's just like educated and vibrant and has so much to talk about. Mm. Because as I think we all can agree in this day and age in society, like, People suck, you know? <laughs> and, like, it's true. You have, like, shallow, meaningless conversation, and it's just always just, Talk like, is cheap. It's just, oh, current events, and oh, like, blah, blah, blah. And did you see what so-and-so was wearing? And it's just, like, it's nice to just meet somebody who who knows knows, knows history, you know, and just She's knows She's a museumologist. Yes, exactly. She's getting her doctorate. She's very smart. And it was just a great day of, like, us – Drinking, eating, talking, going around to all the vendors, going around to the shows. Jousting. Seeing the joust. What did we eat? Oh, we had like a, a plethora of food. We had, we... I kept telling you guys, because I was like, oh, let's just split the, I forget what it was, like a... Mac, we had mac and cheese. What was the main thing we got? The meat. Um, did we get meat? We got something. What was that thing? Um, mm. Not sure. We didn't get shepherd's pie. What was year. that breaded, the to toad and, no, the, toad. um, no. <laughs> Uh, something with a hole. What? <laughs> I don't know the name of it. The bread bowl? We no, didn't get a bread bowl. No, what was the breaded sausage thingy? The, the cheese. Oh, the egg? The, the, um, there was an egg. Uh, that was a Lisa original. <laughs> what was that called? Bl blame Lisa. I'm kidding. That was, that was delicious. It was but like, it was hard to eat together. I don't know what it was called. It was an egg covered in beef covered in... <laughs> Fried. It sounds gross when you say it like that, but it <laughs> wasn't bad. What, but that's what it was. It was like oh, egg, the name beef, slipping my fried coating. It was like it'll come to me. Something egg. We're we're gonna be in the middle of our episode in the most like you're just intense part. I'm gonna be like Tourette's devil's egg. It wasn't a devil's egg. Yeah, I'm gonna Google it. That's gonna bother me. But we split a few things. Do we have fried pickles? 
Do I remember? No, that? we didn't have fried pickles. No, that was another we night. had onion rings. Oh yeah, we had onion rings. Um, quite tasty. Egg in meat in dough. Last time I asked Siri, that didn't go well. So I am not going to ask Siri again. I did feel bad that we saw the well wenches when we entered, and we're like, oh my gosh, no scotch more. egg, scotch egg. Thank you. Okay. But I feel bad that we saw the well winches and we're like, oh my gosh, like take pictures with us. We're your number one fans. We're going to be in the front row, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and we just never saw them the rest of the day. We didn't we're going to go show. back though. We're all going to go back. We're going to bring the boys next time. We will. And that's better to see their show with boys because mm-hmm. we're going to make one of our boys go up and be their, uh, their show. Their, their wench lovers. What do you call those boys? Peasants. Lambs. <laughs> For sacrifice. Sacrificial lambs. Oh, boy. Um, no, Ren Fair was great. We mm-hmm. were busy with that. Mm-hmm. We've been, what? To say, what? You were going to say something. No, no, no. no? I was just oh. letting you roll. I don't know where I'm rolling to. Um, we had special guests. We did. We will. We will. We we're... met a very lovely human today. Oh, my gosh. I really, I really he enjoyed our conversation with her. Um, we don't want to share too much. We can't tell you where she lives. Oh, <laughs> we can say she lives in a special place that not many people live in. She has an accent. And has an accent. From England. Yeah, not from like the South. <laughs> Which, well, go ahead. I, I was going to yeah. say the same thing. Okay. No, you, you, I've got a bone to pick. Do you? I hope it's what you. I know exactly okay. what you're going to say. <laughs> we, were, we were prepping yes. for tonight and we were watching some YouTube videos and like y'all say we have bad accents, okay? No, but we were watching some video of some like. Her name was like Sherry, like pretty sure she's from like Wisconsin or like something super Midwest. It sound like little Jersey. And I can't even do her accent. It was oh, such so a bad. bad, thick accent, like Midwestern American accent. And so she did, she was talking about the person we're doing tonight, which I can't even say the name since we're not revealing the identity yet. But it's everything, so secretive. She, everything she said, I know. <laughs> everything that everyone's going to. I can't disclose and I won't talk about it. No, but everything she said was like. And in London, this happened, and in this place, and in Paris. And then he went to France. And then he was in France. And the king at the time, Louis. <laughs> I don't know what I called it. Oh, King Louis. King Louis. Like, we're bad. And oh, I know we we've had some feedback about our pronunciations and our accents, and it's we're not might be hard bad. to understand us. I, I think, Megan, I want you to insert part of her dialect so people understand how good they have it with i don't want to be a bully either but my gosh it uh, was an- it's time to bully oh okay that's the that's the boleyn blood coming Excuse out me. <clears throat> i'm not a seymour okay <laughs> i'm a i'm a sir thomas more descendant so we are more pious besides all those more besides all those heretics that we burned besides <laughs> that moors are very diplomatic aside from the burnings <laughs> The lens will just fucking take you out. <laughs> um, it's so funny. We were thinking of the same thing, though, in that moment, because I knew exactly what you were going to go on about. I'm just saying, if you think we're bad with pronunciation, you listen to that lady and come back to us real quick. Well, we have special guests coming. We yes. have merch coming. We have merch coming. Finally. Yes. I don't know. I, I, I've never seen it. I'm told That's it exists. Good. I'm sure it's I don't quality. even – I need to figure out the link. I need to figure out how this works. <laughs> Not a bad – it's a bad promotion. I'm just going to say it's that. It's all coming from my husband. He's okay. really been driving the whole merch thing. Mm. So um, mm-hmm. I will share it with everyone. If you're interested – Can you say what it is? What do we have? I don't even know. I think we have wine tumblers. That's beautiful. I love that. I signed off on the wine tumbler. Okay. Someone and presented says, me with a mock-up of wine tumbler. Someone, said, our marketing <laughs> manager, my husband – no, it sounds more 
uh, elite when you uh-huh. say someone came to me, it came across my desk, you know. Oh, it just came across and my desk. I was yes. sitting there working and I was like, I'm too busy for this. <laughs> but I saw I don't have time for this. <laughs> time for this. But I said yes. I put my EB stamp of approval and I was like, send it, send it to market is what I said. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I guess it's in production. Yeah. Um, I'll send details on that. I know we've been talking about merch for like, I don't know, four years. <laughs> Shut up. And if you guys have ideas for merch, if you see our Tumblr and you're like, that's beautiful, but I'd prefer a notebook or a t-shirt or a beach towel, or you like, let us know. I want a Sir Thomas More quote on a shirt. If your team Megan Moore or if your team Elizabeth Black, you're like, I want a Boleyn well, now something. We're, okay, who's going to buy more? Now we're, we're going to do some A-B testing here. Okay, A-B testing. I also want some to say... M-B testing. More M- versus Black. Wow, more Black. More versus Boleyn. I, ooh, I want to do, um, I want to do some, like, a mouse pad or That's, a sticker. Okay. Okay, a sticker. I wanted to say this podcast is torture. I do like that. I don't think we should get rid of Don't Lose Your Head. I get it's been a bit over-commercialized the past few years, but I do like uh, this is torture or this podcast this is podcast torture. This podcast is torture. I also, we got ideas. We got some ideas in the in the works. I also, we talked about this on, um, I think it was the Robert Francois episode, mm-hmm. but the this day will be hard. The on day a, will be hard day on will a be coffee hard mug. On a Monday morning coffee mug. Yeah. You need that. How are you supposed to work from home and not have that? Or work in an office and yeah, not have that? Yeah, or work anywhere or have children or yeah. anything. And if you buy today, difficult. you get 10% off. Whoa, what? <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Yeah, we talked about this before. Megan was like, you know, I've been working customer service forever. I'll be the, the face of customer service for our merch line. And I was like, no, it's all about the sales, Megan. <laughs> get the deal the, in. The high volume. We'll give you 15% off if you sign by the end of this episode. I just want you to have a good experience. I want the quality <laughs> to be good. If you're not happy, you come to me. Two for one. Two for one for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> I want a notebook and I want a wine tumbler. Okay. I'm going to buy my own merch. That's I'll good. test it out for us. Okay, you test it. Watch, I'm going to get it. It's total shit. No, I'm sure okay. it's beautiful. It's on Etsy. Mm. It's an Etsy situation. I'll, Etsy send, I'll send details. Etsy store. Um, no, we've been busy. Okay, so we, we ran, fared. We had special guests. Mm-hmm. We have merch. We might even have, like, some, like, legit advertising. We're getting advertising. We're, we were supposed to have it, like, done today, but we didn't record it. Well, you might hear one. Maybe. Well, Maybe we'll surprise them. Maybe we'll just stick it in hey, somewhere. Where is it? Where's the ad in this Just episode? really want to keep you guys on your toes here. Yeah. It's too much for them to handle at one time, I think. This is a lot. Are Sorry. we becoming cool? Ugh, we're never cool. We're, like... Oh, we're on TikTok now. Aloof. Oh, I can't be aloof and on TikTok. <laughs> Shit. And surround ourselves around educated people. You're on TikTok. I'm aloof. <laughs> You're aloof. I'm it's a yin and yang to, situation. I'm trying to figure out TikTok. I, I'll take tips, please. It is hard. I don't understand. Oh, if there's like a, like a college person out there who loves our podcast and they need some unpaid internship experience, you know, managing social platforms, Ooh. you come to us. We'll give you a wine tumbler. We'll give you a wine tumbler for free. And you get solid letters of rec from two very educated women who've had very good careers and also do the podcast. (laughs) And uh, one of us runs a lot and one of us has a dog and what What does this have to do with anything i'm I'm a senior customer support manager for a very well-established company that i've never revealed a girl has no name i was gonna say i will say that when you sent the link to the person we were interviewing today you straight up used our company (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Wait, did I? Yeah. Did it say it on yeah. there? Where? In the Zoom link. Oh, did it really? Yeah. And I saw it and I was like, oh, for someone who like we've never revealed what company we work for. <laughs> Not only that, I'm like straight using up, my like, company Zoom for blah, it. Blah, blah, like tech website at Zoom. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> She won't even, tell anyone. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Observant. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's okay. Um, anywho. Uh, so, yeah, for all of you complaining that we missed a week, chill. Just calm down. Go touch grass. Go to your local Ren Fair. Where are, now don't you feel stupid. We come <laughs> to you with all of these new projects in the works. You get to listen to commercials now. <laughs> How lucky are you? You get commercials with this podcast. Oh, yeah. Like a Patreon? Ooh. We need to get to London again. So mm-hmm. I'm going to endorse that a little bit. We're working on that. If you like to listen to us, please buy our shit. Buy our shit, dude. <laughs> Why are you just listening when you can take it a step further and own a this day will be hard mug? Come on. Maybe it's- I can do sales. <laughs> <laughs> I think with more wine, we get more confident in the, the sales pitch. <laughs> more to come. More to come on that. Anyway, enough about us. How are you guys? <laughs> How are you listeners? How are you, Elizabeth? How are you? Oh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Okay. I am great. You know why I'm great? Why? Because we're doing another French episode tonight. We are really back to back on the French. I know. Things. And again, we do, I don't know why. We do plan these, but somehow we ended up with a lot of French in this season. <laughs> there was a year, I think our second season, where it was like all women. Yeah. Now we're like really in the French world. And a lot of witchcraft in this season. Hmm. Mm. This one hits all three. A woman and a, a witch. witch. And she's French. The witch, the woman, and the franche. <laughs> the line, the witch, and the wardrobe. Franche. <laughs> um, I'm going to let you take care of half the pronunciations. Again, disclaimer, my French is better than it was season one, right? I've been doing Duolingo for a few years. I'm still in just French foundations, too, so give me a freaking break if these aren't perfect. But we're doing our best. So I've been proud of you. So I'm going to let you... I'll kick it off. Just, you know what? You take it away. Okay. I'm going to be here. I'm going to have my wine. I'll be listening. You drink... I'll go. Okay. You tell me when to stop. Oh. Ready, go. (laughs) And time. Do you need a refill before we begin? Do we have more? Oh, we have a second bottle, though. Oh. I'm good right now. Okay. Are you good? Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll start drinking when you go. Okay. Go. (laughs) I'm waiting. Go. (laughs) Okay. Today we are doing La Voisson. La Voisson, it actually translate in, translates in French to the neighbor, mm. but this happens to be part of her, her married last name. And who is this person? This is Catherine Deshaies. Wait, who, what? What? Is that her name? That's her real name. That's She was born with that name. Oh, I don't have that written down. In what do you of- call her? Just La Voisson on all your notes? I have Catherine Deshaies. Mon Voisson. Oh, that's her married name. We'll get into that. She okay. does get married at some point. Okay. You probably know her best listener if you've heard of her before as La Voisson. But she was actually born Catherine de Chaise in France. Well, I'm going to say it weird <laughs> the whole time. France in 1640. Um, and she was born very lowly, right? She was born essentially as a street rat on the streets of Paris. Why do I hear Aladdin? Riff raff. Street she rat. She was. This is the French version of Aladdin. And a girl version of Aladdin. I won't buy that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm getting, getting loopy early. 
Um, but she, to you know, aid in her family's income, learned fortune telling from a very young age, as young as nine years old. So from that age, she was you know on the street with her family and essentially just trying to tell fortunes for strangers. You know, using palmistry, using face reading, different things to just get by when she was young. Fast forward to when she's twenty years old, she finally gets married to a man named Antoine Monsvison. So that's where your last name came from, Megan. Oh, thank you. So now she comes, becomes Catherine Monvisson. Um, and this man, Antoine, he is a jeweler, he's a silk merchant, and he owns these small shops in Paris. But he wasn't extremely savvy, and he wasn't extremely supportive as a husband, and he went bankrupt pretty, pretty early on. So what does she do? What does Catherine do? She immediately turns back to what she knows, mm-hmm. which is, again, palmistry. It's face reading. It's going around essentially, you know, hawking her services as a fortune teller. Um, and she's she's good at it. People believe her. She has the gift of divination, and a lot of what she says comes true. So people are coming back to her, and they're saying, whoa, this is the young lady who, you know, who said that I would gain this while I was gambling or do, you know, do this in a relationship. And so she got really good really young of just – Knowing people, understanding people, and understanding their fortunes. She did then kind of get into midwifery because she wanted to know more about just the human body beyond, okay, I can read your palm and I can read your face. She wanted to understand more to see how she could extract more from her profession. So she gets into midwifery, which Megan will touch on this a bit later, Mm. but slowly kind of turns into she knows how to perform underground abortions because, again, this is France. It's a very Catholic country. You don't have sex before you're married, but it's also a debaucherous country and people like to party. Everyone's drunk at this time. Put those two things together. You have a lot of unwanted children, unfortunately. It's the way of the world at this time. So she learns to be very discreet about performing these abortions kind of underground. And then she starts to take it a step further because, again, she knows she has a talent for this. She knows she has a knack for this. So she starts to sell magical objects. She's got potions. She's got aphrodisiacs. Um, She starts to arrange certain ceremonies for people saying, hey, if you buy these certain objects and under the light of the full moon, you go out and you perform this, blah, blah, blah. She starts to, again, have this whole mystique around what she's selling. She even goes so far as to kind of buy herself like a crimson robe and things that really – like add to her image oh, as a fortune teller. I, I just teller. picture like the most like stereotypical 17th century fortune teller right. with all the robes and the velvet and the the dim light. Yeah, she had the ambiance. Yeah, she spent all this money on her home decor <laughs> to make it look like she's one of these creepy. For- well, she was one of those creepy and fortune tellers. A, yeah, and she did have a talent. For I don't it. know why. I just keep picturing. Let's see how many Disney references we can make here. I keep picturing um, from Robin, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. I knew you were going there. <laughs> yeah. It's like a mix of like Esmeralda attire, but like in a Robin Hood tent. Oh, she was French too, but she was a gypsy. She was a gypsy. And, and that's kind of the difference too. I mean, Catherine was born French in France, you know, mm-hmm. or in Paris. And she didn't travel around. Yeah. Gypsies were kind of known to be on, you know, on the road all the time, mm-hmm. going to different towns. Um, racially, I think they were fairly ambiguous. A lot of them were French. R- Romney? Rumney, is that a race? <laughs> is that an ethnicity? <laughs> uh, don't don't take me on that. I thought that had something to do. Yeah. Ro- the 
Never mind. Continue. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> We're not educated on that quite yet. <laughs> anyway, um, so again, so she starts to acquire uh, a lot of um, clients, again, in her 20s because she she gets very good at this. And obviously, her deadbeat husband can't support her. So she's got she to fend for herself at this point. And she's starting to have children, right? So she's supporting her husband, her children, even her mother who was still around. It's like a family of six, right? Yeah, that yeah. she was supporting all on her fortune telling. Exactly. And palmistry. But she quickly becomes pretty famous and pretty wealthy because people are really buying into this image. And I don't even want to say buying in. I think she truly had a divination gift, but she also knew how to work it. She knew she couldn't just do palm reading or, again, like, just have the red robe. It was all part of this big story, right? This, they, they were, they're buying her. They're buying, like, this. Oh, this. I love a good glow-up story. It's oh, wonderful. So she slowly starts to work her way into the inner circles of, like, French aristocracy. So some people um, of note who become her clients are the Mancini sisters of Louis XIV's court, some of the ladies-in-waiting to his queen, the Duke of Luxembourg. She slowly starts to infiltrate this whole scene. And she gets so wealthy to the point where she can now afford a, a house at Vill- Villeneuve-sur-Gravier, if I'm saying that correctly, which is, like, a district in the heart of Paris. So she now can, again, have this lavish lifestyle and she can start entertaining people at her house and have garden parties in her garden and invite these people, again, to, to even more into her world of, ooh, like... Yeah, she'd play the violin, right, in her garden while she had these upper-class, mm-hmm. very wealthy people coming to her house to exactly. party. Yes. And then, of course, she's pitching, oh, well, let me get your fortune told, too. And right. And she had a lot of success, who knows if it was by pure coincidence or what, but mm-hmm. she was popular because she was known for her predictions to come true. Exactly. Yeah. So it wasn't just a complete farce, I suppose. I mean, who knows? But. Right, right. She also liked to wet the beak a little bit. She was known to be kind of an alcoholic. <laughs> wet the beak. Wet the beak. Is, is that a saying? Yeah. People use it in a lot of contexts. Like, if you wet the beak, like, oh, I just started gambling. I'm just going to wet the beak oh. a little bit. Or, like, I just started drinking. I'm just going to wet the beak. It's like, she was like a fallen alcoholic. But she became a fallen alcoholic. <laughs> she loved her alchemy she and she loved, loved her booze. Yeah. She loved the booze. Mostly wine, She I loved think. men. She did love men. And this goes back to the fact that she's still married to Antoine, right? But, again, he's not really providing for her. And she's starting to meet tons of people all around town. So she takes no less than six lovers. I don't know if at the same time. Can I say some of the professions of these lovers? Oh, yeah. Lovers? What, did, what did some of her lovers do, Megan? Um, an alchemist. Perfect. An architect. Oh. A magician. <laughs> and our favorite, an executioner. That's awesome. She liked a variety of men. Very, very diverse in their skills. Exactly. Some liked to create. Some liked to kill. To destroy. <laughs> One, I think it was the magician, even attempted to convince her to kill her husband so they could run away together. And obviously, because she works, again, in kind of occult things and magical things, he was like, oh, no one will know. You just have to predict his death or give him some sort of potion. And we can do this in a secret way. We don't have to, like butcher him in the middle of the night but we could find a way to murder your husband and then we can run away which initially she was like all right dope let's do it i don't like this guy but she had reservations Mm. and they never ended up actually doing it that says a lot about her character though the fact that she was even that close to planning it and about to do it yeah like i don't know you don't talk the talk without walking the walk that's i didn't get that right so you're (laughs) 
She's talking and she's walking, but she stopped walking while she was talking because she didn't do it. Are you saying that's a good quality or that's a bad quality? I don't know. I think it's a bad quality because, well, it's a little bit of both. You want to see her walk the walk if she's going to talk the talk? I just find it a special someone who gets that close to be willing to kill their husband. True. It's one thing to just kind of like be drunk and talk about it, but she's actually drunk all the time. So <laughs> common misconception with drunk I people. I don't know about her. She definitely starts getting this really dark side, though, mm-hmm. and this is where we first start seeing it. So of course she's already doing this underground abortion service, right. which is incredibly illegal and a huge sin mm-hmm. in in at this time in Paris and France. Um, so she's got that going on, and she starts getting her name really out there for being the go-to person for this. Yeah. And she starts having a lot of other abortionists going through her and, like, basically creating a network of, of underground. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one part of it. And really quick, just to get in the, kind of a gross note and trigger warning here when it comes to abortions, but one of her rivals, who's also a person who's selling like potions and things on the street um she claimed that lavoisin would actually like term late term babies who were like almost born you know very late term fetuses and would once she got rid of them from the body she would like again trigger warning but she she would she'd burn them in her furnace toss them in the furnace and then throw like you know throw their remains in her backyard this is all unconfirmed these are mostly rumors from her rival but some people said, yeah, like that's – she would use these and we'll talk about other uses she had for these fetuses later. Yeah. But really gross. Um, and the church was getting on to her. Mm-hmm. And they actually questioned her. But she did a really good job of defending herself. Yeah. And they were questioning her about um, the predictions and the fortune telling that she was doing. And she made a pretty good case saying, no, I was actually born with this gift. This is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. This is a true skill. And she got away with it. They were they yeah. pretty much accepted her de- her own defense, which is you don't see that a lot. No. She wasn't necessarily arrested, right? But she was like pulled in and yeah. they, they wanted to figure out what was going on. Right. More so just questioned. Little did they know mm-hmm. all that was really going on. Mm-hmm. It was about at this time that she starts practicing professional black magic. Ah! And what that means is she's getting more and more traffic coming to her asking for help. And there's three main things that she notices that people tend to ask for. Mm-hmm. One, to fall in love. Yeah. Or to have someone fall in love with, with them. You. yeah. Two, to have a family member die <laughs> so that they can get their inheritance. Jeez. <laughs> or three, to kill their husband. And these were the three. She, she just kept seeing this pattern like, wow, we got to. Another one for the inheritance. Wow, another one for the dead husband situation. Yeah. So she really, I mean, talk about sales and marketing. She really started to market on this. And I she's just like, okay. I want to be clear. Our Etsy store does not sell any of these or promote any of these. We do not have potions for people to fall in love with you, nor do we have the inheritance uh, black magic spell. So be on your way. Well, she started to create special potions specific to each of these scenarios. Right. So imagine, like, you come in, she's like, what do you need, honey? What do you need? Give it, she gives you a little menu. Yeah, a little menu, like a nail salon. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it gets worse. Mm-hmm. So if you were really invested in getting what you wanted, you know, she'd kind of start with, like, well, you know, try, try to do this and, you know, use use these potions and say this prayer and yada, yada, yada. But if you right. really want to get things done... This is where the black magic comes in. Mm -hmm. And she would do these ceremonies 
and dark. it gets dark. Um, during a black mass, and she had acquaintances that would help her with it. So she basically had like these dark priests that would come and mm-hmm. assist during these um, these masses. Right. But they would pray to Satan. Ooh. The woman would, there'd be, like, an altar with a naked woman. Like, the woman served as the altar. They would, like, put candles on her and, like, a chalice on her belly. And she would kind of, like, balance all these things. Like, she was the actual altar. I feel like, you know, when, like, those sushi models. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Naked women and they put sushi on them. Yeah, and you eat, like, the sushi bar off of naked women. Yeah. Is that a real thing? I've seen it in movies. I've never actually seen it. Like, I've seen it on shows and movies, but I've never. I feel like it's a thing if that's in movies. If you've ever if it's eaten a off movie, a it's definitely real, dude. <laughs> definitely real. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so they're having these live female altars. And this, again, this is a bit of a trigger warning, but Ugh. they would take baby's blood and they would take the baby over the woman and cut it and let the blood drip down. We don't know if the baby was alive or not. It's right. very possible that these were the babies that very sadly, were from the result of the abortion. Right. Or they were just, you know, ba- death, natural death through birth or mm-hmm. babies died all the time in in France right. in, the, in the 1600s. So we don't know for sure if the babies were alive or not. Right. I'm going to just, in my mind, say that they were already dead. Um, but that was part of the, the ritual. Yeah. And this, a lot of times, was done in the catacombs of Paris. Like, to make it even spookier, these black masses were done. Essentially, under her house was, like, some of the catacombs. I was there. I know. I went in there. Did you sense any spookiness? Any, you know what? I didn't tragic? sense any spookiness in the catacombs. I was expecting to, and I wanted to. Even though there's literally skulls from thousands that was, of humans. This is, okay, hear me out. Okay, I'll listen. There were definitely a lot of spooky places when I went to England okay. and, and France. Yeah. The catacombs, despite there being thousands and thousands of human bodies, bones, bones, not bodies, bones. Um, <laughs> yeah, body. I felt nothing in there. Ooh. It felt almost more like scientific, like okay. more felt more almost like this was the arrangement of the bones for a reason and not for anything creepy. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I felt all of them weirder. died in an ethical yes. way. <laughs> I felt weirder in other places. Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess that makes sense. It's kind of like, you remember that Bodies Revealed exhibit where people donated their bodies to science and then Lisa they're all... Lisa did that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We, we, we just talked about, about Lisa, yeah. the, our museumologist friend, and mm-hmm. yeah, she worked on that exhibit. That's wild. Yeah. So I guess, it, you know, again, who knows the circumstances in which all of these were arranged. But in a way, if you're that person that's like, I'm going to donate my skull to an architectural purpose. Hey, mm. good for you. So, yeah, and so La Voisine, mm-hmm. she's kind of graduated now from just doing the fortune telling to doing these, having like an elite network of clients, right. of having the aristocrats. <laughs> God, I want to say aristocrats too. That's so hard not to say. Our next Disney reference. Um, and now she's escalated even further to doing these black masses. Right. And, you know, she's obviously already dealing in potion work at the time. Like we mentioned, you know, she would give you a potion of like, oh, give this to the person who you want to fall in love with you and they will fall in love. And those potions were, I don't want to say innocent, but again, it was an innocent purpose, right? Like you just want someone to like you back. And the ingredients, do you have it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. perfect. Some of the ingredients for the love powders, they called them, were toad bones, mole teeth, Spanish flies, 
iron shavings, human blood, and then also this call something called mummy, which is essentially like human remain dust. So that's probably the worst of it that goes in. A I don't little know. a little sprinkle a little of mummy in there. Sprinkle a little, a little dash of uh, bam. Yeah. Remember Emerald? Yeah. Emerald Lagazzi. Oh. I was just watching his videos yesterday. So, bam. Mummy dust. <laughs> bam. <laughs> Fountain of youth. So so they were, you know, giving people these these weird concoctions to, to you know, increase the, the love felt between two humans. Obviously, there's probably some healthy, like, aphrodisiac sprinkled in, too, to help with Some that. oysters. Some and oysters. What else? Strawberries. Uh, chocolate. I don't think they had chocolate. Pomegranate. Is that an aphrodisiac? Oh, it might be. Hmm. I don't know. Got to look that up later. Oh, Robbie. Anyway, <laughs> um, so so she escalates it because, again, she's starting to get into darker magic. So this escalates all the way to death potions. So now we're not just talking about, here's a love potion. Now we're talking about, oh, you want your rich uncle to die so you can inherit the estate? I could help you with that. And we have to remember that at the time, like, this is kind of becoming regular science. Like, people are getting really good at death potions. And I want to give a quick shout-out to um, <laughs> our lady, Julia Tofana, who was a uh, an Italian around the same time frame, probably a few decades before uh, La Voisin. Um, but she was an Italian, a Sicilian, who perfected a tonic called Aqua Tofana. She, like, named it after herself. I mean, as you should. Right? Good Unless for you don't want to be associated with that. I think she did. <laughs> but it's specifically a potion she would give to women who wanted to murder their husbands in Italy. <laughs> so wow. she would be like, yo, you hate your husband? Here's a drink. What was her marketing like? Did she do exactly 10% what I did. off yeah, sales? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you don't change your mind within the next 24 hours, it's it's half off. Oh, wow. <laughs> so so Julia Tofana uh, was the one to really perfect kind of these death potions in Italy a few decades earlier. So they very much, like, know how to do it. They know how to create these death concoctions. Um, so at one point, we get a really big client coming into the mix for La Voisson. And this was the Madame de Montsipan. And Montsipan is actually uh, better, best known as the mistress of King Louis XIV. Mm. But when she first went to La Voisson, she wasn't the mistress yet. He had a different mistress at the time that he was very much in love with. And she, it said in 1667, to have held a black mass with La Voisson and won over the king shortly after that. Mm. So she was super determined to win over Louis XIV. I mean, she was that determined. She worshipped Satan and had baby blood on her. And her chalice. Oh, (laughs) jeez. And... You know, and she would go to La Vassant every so often, like any time that she sensed the king was the, was losing interest in her or that his eye started to veer to another lady, she would go back to La Vassant and be like, what, what can I do? He's losing interest. Like, help me again. And so she became a regular client of La Vassant. Again, all kind of alleged at this point, but um, it, it finally, she kept his interest for maybe a decade. But by 1679, so this is almost 12 years later of her being his main mistress, he took another mistress, Angelique de Fontage, I think is how you say her last name. Um, and so Montsapon at that point vowed to have him killed. And she warned him too. She's like, if you take another lady, like if I am no longer your main lady, like I will kill you. <laughs> I will find a way to plot your death. And mm-hmm. of course, he's like, eh, crazy lady, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go hang Never out Never trust a woman who's yeah. angry. Hell hath no fury. Um, so she goes to Lava Son again. And she says, we need to do something worse than just make him fall in love with me. We need to make sure he dies. He's dead. 
It went like, you can have me or you can have nothing at all. Exactly. She's not a very, uh, she doesn't believe in sharing. She's not a very good negotiator either. <laughs> right. Um, so she cracks up this whole plot with Lavoisin and they, they come up with the original plan of, okay, Lavoisin is going to go to petition the king. And remember, this is an era where you could literally line up like outside the palace and bring a little piece of paper and like go to the king's court and say, hi, king. I just want to see if you had enough potatoes for us in the eastern province. <laughs> I'm just saying emperor's new groove. <laughs> <laughs> hi, your majesty. I mean, your grace. Um, <laughs> it is no concern of mine that you don't have. Uh, what was it? <laughs> Food. Food. <laughs> <laughs> you really should have thought of that before you became peasants. <laughs> so, yes, people did this at the time. They petitioned the king. So the plan was that Lavoisin was going to go petition the king, and they would hand him this, like, parchment, this petition that was poisonous. Mm. And immediately it's supposed to make him sick and die. I don't know how. He's not eating into the paper. Bloodstream. I guess because well, he's touching it. There was, like... um an assassination attempt on Elizabeth I, very similar, oh. where they poisoned her dress. And yes. it gets into your skin. And The dress makes more sense to me because it's like rubbing, against, rubbing you. against your skin and it's like near vital organs. Like yeah. you just hold something with your fingers. I mean, just wash your hands. They didn't wash their hands much then. <laughs> I mean, it had to be pretty <laughs> he potent. immediately touches the rest of your body. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be pretty potent to kill you like that yeah. through your bloodstream. Right. But, of course, the day that she decides to do this, um, there's too many people present to make their petitions. So she didn't actually see the king that day. I'm sorry. So the line, there are a lot of people at Versailles today. There's a lot of people at Versailles that day. It was too long. She was like, They weren't at Versailles, though. They were at St. Germain something. They were at a different palace. Is that where the palace was? Yeah, they were at a different palace. Okay. I always thought Louis XIV was the one that, like, really launched Versailles. Or was that the 15th? Who is the main guy behind Versailles? Why are you asking me this on because the spot? Because you're Because I just me. went there? No, I'm pretty sure it was a... I don't know. You, you they were right. at a palace. Okay. They were at a palace in France. <laughs> That's what you need to know. Um, you looked that up. What are you... Look, you're TikToking right now. That's... Oh. Scotch egg puff pastry. <laughs> no, I'm looking up... Um, look up Versailles start date. <laughs> Google. Ooh. When did Versailles begin? I don't even know. My okay. Google's I'll embarrassed let, I'll by let me. You, I'll let you Google that. I'm going I'm to keep going. Um, but essentially, this this plan fails. So she decides to go to like a fellow poisoner, professional poisoner, the next day um, after mass. And they're going to finally decide, okay, what are they going to do? How are they going to dispose of this king? But another thing that's going on in this era in the 1670s is that like the king and the monarchy really become aware that there is now a network of professional poisoners that coupled with the fact that there are missing children everywhere starts to really worry people. Why are there missing children? Because they're murdering them for these satanic rituals. Yeah. Well, so this network of poisoners. Yes. I mean, obviously Lavoisin is in the very middle of it. Yes. She's like, I just kind of picture like the pyramid scheme situation. <laughs> She's at the top. She's the head. She was the of, one who like started of, at the bottom. Yeah. Yep. Worked what, her way up. Uh, what's the name of pyramid scheme, you know? Um, Plexus. Yeah. That's a good one. Any type of vitamin something. Beach body. Is beach body a pyramid scheme? I don't know. I don't know. I never – so, see, I had no friends in high school. And because of that, I never get sucked into pyramid schemes oh, God. from all those women on Facebook who are I mean, now in their 30s trying to – I was going to say. Yeah. I really wish I could say I've never been sucked in, but 
pandemic, man. Pandemic had me thinking. Oh, did you do like a wine yeah, subscription? I thing? did a wine one because my boss at the time uh, was in it, and she convinced me it was cool. And I was like, I could sell wine. Fine. You almost got me, but I was too sneaky for you. No, it was fine. It like actually was it was successful for like a year. People bought my wine. Oh, really? I never even asked you how that went. Thanks. <laughs> did you stop doing that? <laughs> it went really well. I think I did it like for two years. The first year. Really? You did that for two years? Yeah. I was disinterested. I never asked you how it's you were doing. Actually, really good wine. Want, want me it tell was you about good wine. No. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. Of, the, of course, the only pyramid scheme I would do is wine. <laughs> it's a very salesy episode. Yes, it is. Um. So. They they try to kill King Louis the Fourteenth again, and they fail again. And you're gonna think, wait, what do you mean fail again? Well, he never died. They never. They, they didn't never try- poisoned. Yeah, but yeah, but they were trying to poison him. That didn't work. And then they were thinking. They about were how trying to, kill. to do yeah. it again. Yeah, but, but they, they never followed through. Yes. And I know where you're. What you're thinking right now, listener, you're thinking, oh, she's gonna get caught for trying to poison the king. Right. You would be false. False. She does get arrested. Yes. But not. Like, if they even knew the half of what was going on, she didn't get arrested for necessarily the Black Mass, Mm -hmm. the weird satanic rituals she was doing in the catacombs of Paris. (laughs) She didn't get arrested for all the illegal abortions. Right. She didn't even get arrested for trying to poison the king of France. Or adultery six times over. Or all her adultery. (laughs) But she did get arrested for what was going on at the time called the Affair of the Poison. L'Affaire des Poissons. Which is the full networking of all these poisoners that all of a sudden thought this was a cool career in their pyramid scheme. Mm -hmm. So she does get arrested. um, And a lot of the people who were arrested for this, again, just for the creating and the selling of poison on the streets of Paris. um, A lot of them were tortured. Mm -hmm. And then trying to figure out, pulling apart this network of trying to figure out who's in it, who's the ringleader, who, you right. know, who all has been affected by this. And it's a big web. It's a huge web they're trying to untangle. poisoners, but people that have paid these poisoners. I think they're just realizing, like, people are not good. <laughs> There's yeah. no good people out there. Right. Um, so the good thing, though, is she actually was not tortured. We're, we're pretty confident to say that she was not tortured Mm -hmm. they did sign the permission slip per se yes (laughs) to allow her to be tortured but it never actually came to that right and one of the reasons why we don't think she was tortured is from an account at her execution um they said she seemed like pretty healthy like oh she's walking about and pretty like you know with it well and if they tortured her to give up names she could literally implicate everyone at court She'd be like, oh, you want names? I've got names. (laughs) I've got the king. I've got the queen. I've got these people. You know, she knows everyone at court. She knows all their dirty secrets. They're not about to torture this woman. They're like, dude, she's going to blow the top off of everything. Like, maybe maybe we got – we're opening up a can of worms that we can't control right now. Right. Um, And they didn't even need to torture her. All they had to do was get her drunk. That's all it took. They kept her drunk for two days while she was in prison. Right. The entire time. And she was just – That's torture. Chain me to the wall. (laughs) She was just – she was just a singing bird. Just whatever they wanted to hear. She was – she's a chatty one when she starts drinking. And again, who knows if she's really giving up names. I think she's just kind of going with whatever they want her to do at the time. Mm. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll tell you about this. I'll tell you about that. But they know better than to torture her. I think she probably overshared a little bit. Sure. Like, 
She's probably just talking about her lovers. She's like, and then let me tell you the magician. <laughs> the magician was great. The, the architect, a little bit boring. A little bit dull. Um, the Did... executioner, he knew some tricks. <laughs> some things I'd never seen. <laughs> mm. And then things come full circle, of course. Mm-hmm. So she was arrested for two days before they found her guilty right. of witchery. Witchcraft and witchery. Which, 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 um, that's not what I was expecting. Like, I didn't yeah. think that would be her final sentence or, or her final accusation. Right. Out of everything that she's done. Mm-hmm. And she, the only, she didn't put up a huge defense either. She really just said like, hey, you know, my rivals were the ones that like control, like concocted the death potions. Like other people carried out these black masses, you know, I was there. Sure. But she's just the middleman, just, the just middle making a dollar. Man. Yeah. I'm just trying to make a living here. And she did even say, she didn't give out any names about anybody, but she said, and I'm going to, you know, this is just part of the quote, but she said, Paris is full of this kind of thing. Ooh. And she basically just alluded to the fact like, no, none of us are innocent here. No one is. We've all, you know, paid for love potions. We've all paid for torture or torture. No one. I hope <laughs> so you maybe maybe, maybe, maybe fifty shades but, of gray. Yeah, there we go. I mean, people paid for death potions. Like you know, this is a city of sin. So really who are is. you to it's say that I'm the one that's the Vegas before the Vegas? True. Um, yeah, and I think it would be a little bit embarrassing too mm-hmm. for the King of France for it to come out like, well, your mistress had a love potion from her, yeah, and you were with her for a decade, yeah. So what does that say? Exactly, it's kind of emasculating to him. Exactly. Right. Um, so they find her guilty. Um, she is sentenced to be burned at the stake mm-hmm. because it is for witchcraft, right? And like, talk about you might be like, well, I mean, how how guilty is she really? To put things into perspective, they think as a result of her death poison that got out on the streets and abortions and abortions, mm-hmm. she was responsible for at least a thousand deaths. Right. Possibly up to 2,500. Which is a lot. Got a lot lot of blood on her hands. Truly. I wonder, like, Elizabeth Bathory, if it made her, you know, young. I thought you were going to say if it made her jealous. And she's like, oh, she's got nothing on me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just thinking about if it made her skin look better with all the blood. Oh. hmm. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, when you think about it, she was only 40 years old. Which drives me crazy because every time we see pictures of La Voisin, it's like an old woman. They show this like 60-year-old lady. This old haggard fortune teller. Maybe that just means we're getting older and our version and of look- what's old. We're like, that's she's a young spring chicken. <laughs> what are you talking about? 40. Yeah. Um, and who knows? I mean, there was never really accounts of what she looked like. But really quick, I imagine if she had six lovers and she's somewhat wealthy and famous, she's probably decently attractive she had that nice robe and she had that nice robe right why would you get a nice robe if you're just an old hag yeah i wear wear rags i don't know if i trust that sketch of her there's like one sketch which we might post but i just want to think in my head that she was a little bit prettier than that and all that not all that that baby's blood on her he's gonna say not that it's about beauty right but you know i just imagine that she didn't look like that she was only she's only 40 Mm. anyway um so february 22nd 1680 comes around and she is burned at a place we've learned about in previous episodes, the Place de Grève. That's where the Airbnbs are. That's where all the Airbnbs are rented out. I wonder if they kept those. If you're going to have a good execution scene. Right. Actually, we, they me, rent out the apartments around it. Let me look back. It was He was after her, was he not? 
We're talking about we're very, talking about Robert we're Francois. We're talking about Robert Francois. Yeah, he he died in 1757. So his Airbnbs were after hers. So hers was you know who knows if they were rented out at the mm. time. That was the same execution spot though, right? But it was the exact same execution spot as Francois. And uh, she, again, was was put up at the stake there. They gave her, like, a priest, you know, to confess her sins last minute, which she pushed away. And then there's a few different accounts. Some people say she begged for mercy before she burned. Some people said she looked at the crowd and she cursed the crowd <gasps> that was there, which I bet that worked, actually. I mean, maybe that's why the French Revolution happened. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's why the Airbnbs weren't so popular. They're like, I'm not going to go and get cursed before she dies. But she was also pushing away the like bales of hay or the, you know, stalks of hay. What is that going to do? At this point, you're tied to the stake. Maybe she she could just inhale the smoke and die. Kicking away the hay is, that's just prolonging it. That's just making it longer. Yeah, I would suck in the smoke. Absolutely. It's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Or you, you gotta hope you like Anne Askew and you're like, give me the bomb. Oh, the the, the gunpowder gun yeah. around your neck. Yeah. Mm. So either either get the smoke or this has actually become a show on how to hack execution, like how to escape it faster. Well, we were going to do a board game about it. We still are. We're still in the works. Keep That's an eye the on other that. part of. <laughs> Keep an eye on that Etsy store. Bookmark it. Revisit it every week or so. We might have more. You might see some janky handwritten board It's going to be like game. the Settlers of Catan. Oh, but it's like execution materials you have to acquire. You have to just <gasps> see. It's brilliant. It's a Settlers of Catan game. It's just going to be Elizabeth's really tiny handwriting <laughs> on it. She writes. What does that say? So small. I can't read your handwriting. Can you, can you read any of this? I literally can't read this. Read the last line. Can you? Something July 1630. Nope. <laughs> daughter, something forward. I can't read that. Okay, I will read this last To part. put things into perspective, um, throughout this podcast. How is that a three? One, that is an eight. Um, I have had two, one very large notebook, mm-hmm. and then this one a little bit smaller. But I've gone through two notebooks, probably the size of three in the end. Elizabeth has used the same notebook from day one, and all of it fits because she writes 10 pages of notes on one page with her tiny ass handwriting scribble. It's also like hard to read because it's half cursive. So, like, my R's look like N's. I can barely read it sometimes, but you know, cryptic. I like it. Anyway, this says, Megan, in July 1680, the daughter came forward. Whose daughter? Uh, La Voisson's daughter. Oh. Yeah, she came forward. So this is after um, La Voisson was burned. She's dead. She's gone. Doesn't really ever say what they did with her remains or anything. They they never also talked about final words or anything, just that she pushed away the priest and possibly cursed the crowd. Possibly cursed the crowd. That was it. But her daughter that same year came forward a few months later and um, kind of said, hey, like, I want to just confirm everything that has been going on. She brought other associates forward and they all confirmed. What a little rat. I was like, why would you do that to your mother? Like, she's already dead. Why do you want to? Is it Into yourself, into your own family. I don't know. Just like, let, let sleeping dogs lie. Is that a phrase? I don't think so, but I like it. <laughs> uh, let it lie is a thing. Let Never tickle dogs. a sleeping dragon. Yeah, or never poke a sleeping bear. Mm. Anyway, 
Um, but so she kind of came forward, but part of me thinks it was almost a threat to the monarchy because the monarchy quickly closed the investigation when mm-hmm. she came forward, because I think it was almost a little bit blackmailish to be like, yeah, she did all these things, but guess what? Like all of you are involved. And if you want me to go further and we can investigate all the things that have been really going on, we can. Yeah. So as soon as she came forward, the monarchy literally like closed the case and they're like, all right, like no more talk of this investigation. We're done here. So she must have done more than just come forward and been like, oh, here's all my mom's secrets. I think she might have uh, bartered for something. But they quickly closed it. They literally just it, – it got, like, out of public domain, so people couldn't even know about it at that point. It was all just like, all right, and we're done here. So interesting story. I like that we intersected both the French and the and the witchcraft in this one, since we've been flirting with those two things all season. In the end, um, after the affair of the poisons, 36 people were executed. Oh. All sentenced on charges of poisoning and witchcraft. Mm. Hmm. I believe most of them were burned. For witchcraft, typically, yeah. For witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what, were we, what did we just have you Google that we wanted you to look up? Versailles. You're right. It was King Louis XIV. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the poison affair, there were 442 suspects in total. Wow. 367 orders of arrest were issued. Okay. 218 of those arrests were actually carried out. The 36 were executed. Um, five were sentenced to the galleys. Gallows? Galleys. Galley. Um, and 23 were sent to exile, which not a bad deal. I would leave. I'd be like, I don't want to be here anyways. Yeah, Peace exile's out. fine for me. Are you kidding? Um, some died in custody by torture or suicide. Oh, wow. Um, while they were in, in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, many were never even brought to trial. Mm-hmm. So Typical. Um, and in the end, um, six women were imprisoned, including La Voisin. La Voisin. La Voisin. The neighbor. I'm going to say her name wrong every time. The neighbor. Um, Twelve. Uh, there were 18 men. 12, oh wait, sorry, this is a breakdown of which prisons they were in. Anyways, it's a mixture of men and women. Okay. I imagine the men were mostly, like, the priests and, like, her lovers. <laughs> Probably all of her lovers. Right. Um. Anyway, so it was a much bigger ordeal than just mm-hmm. this one person. But her story is just so interesting. Between it the is. weird lovers and the weird yeah. rituals and... Well, and just how, like how famous and and wealthy she became in a short amount of time. Again, she only died when she was 40. So between her like being married at 20 and maybe being like early 30s, it's like she just gained so much success for something super shady because she just knew how to kind of like, again, sell it and market herself and market her services. And it's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah, it is wild. And she talked about a lot of these people and from her drunken, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Stupor? Um, <laughs> interrogation. Interrogation. Her <laughs> drunken interrogation. Yeah. Um, have you ever done a palmistry reading or a fortune teller? I've never, ever been to a fortune teller or a psychic or yeah. not because I'm not interested. Um, but I also 
you know, I've learned from mistakes as a teenager not to dabble into weird things. <laughs> Megan has some stories. <laughs> I've got some weird stories. Found in a graveyard or two back Don't in the worry. Day. There's no catacombs or rituals involved. But, <laughs> that we know um, of. you know, every teenage girl goes through their phase of, like, wanting a book on witchcraft and spells. Oh, but yeah. weird, weird, weird. It got weird. I weird have, things happened. I have one somewhere. I gotta find it. I have a moon spells book. Mm. Ooh, we should crack that open. Anyway... I did a, you know, like they do tea leaf readings. Oh, yeah. I've done a coffee grounds reading once. Oh, that was that's interesting. That's the American version? I guess. We mm-hmm. did it through work, honestly. It was like a work-sponsored thing. Oh, I remember that. So, I didn't get into that class. Did you try? Did you sign up? Yeah. Oh. Huh, huh. What the heck? I would have let you in. Thank you. I'm sorry. That's all right. But I will say that was interesting because I think this guy, he was a Turkish man, and he was like, oh, my father was also a fortune teller. It's like, we have the gift. I didn't really believe him, but he said some shit that I was like, how do you know that? Like, this is weird. I just got back from, like, the Nobu Resort in Cabo, Mm -hmm. right, which I did not post about or, like, talk about. Like, only me and, like, Robbie knew about it. Um, because it was for like a future event that we were supposed to keep secret for the yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. You couldn't like tell anyone where you went. Yeah, like I told people like I was in Mexico, but I didn't say like, oh, it was at Cabo at the Nobu Resort. And at the end of him telling me like everything, because he was like, oh, you're going to be like successful. He kept telling me I'm going to make a lot of money doing nothing, which I guess this is high beheaded Merch. podcast. <laughs> <Just kidding>. Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, go buy our shit. No, but he, he said at the end, he was like, he's like, yeah, he's like, and you know, when when you're super wealthy, he's like, you're going to take us all to Nobu. That's weird. And I was like, I literally just was like, he, what? Like, he, he just Do you said, think your boss told him? No. Why would my boss tell him That's anything? That's weird. And he also picked us at random, I don't know, I'm quoting air quotes random, but there was like a class of like 40 or 50 of us. And he was like, oh, is like, you know, is Daryl here? I'm like, oh, no, like Daryl's not here today. He's like, okay, uh, is Sarah here? Like, he just kept going around the room. So he, like, he landed on me last. Oh, weird. Maybe that was a strategy. I don't know. But I was like, out of all the things you could possibly say, like, oh, like, she's going to take us to, I don't know, name a fancy place. But he said you're going to, he's going to. You're going to take them once you're wealthy. Yeah. But mm. the fact that he would say that place. That's weird. Is very strange. I literally, it was like a week after I got back from the Nobu resort. He's like, oh, she's going to take us all to Nobu. I, like, I don't know. I, I, like, I the thing is, <laughs> I, I definitely believe to an extent that there are gifted people out there. Right. Yes. I also believe it gets abused. And of sure. course, people monetize off of it and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I don't like to mess with things. I don't know what. They yeah. are, but right. We're we're close to Sedona, spiritual vortex, mm. ooh, ooh. <laughs> Chinese fireball. Ooh. What is that? What is that from? <laughs> it's irrelevant. Sorry. <laughs> sometimes we just randomly quote movies. Sometimes we pick up on them. Sometimes nice. we don't. It's like if you know, you know. That was from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire Damn, <laughs> when they're picking their okay. dragons. No, I should have known that. <laughs> that was just stupid. Oh, ooh, ooh, I get when ooh. he picks it out of the. Thing. Okay. On that note, Elizabeth, my God, let's end this. Any final words? Paris is full of this kind of thing. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Got a black magic woman. Got a black magic woman. I've got a black magic woman. Got me so blind I can see. That she's a black magic woman She's trying to make a devil out of me Don't turn your back on me, baby
Don't turn your back on 